Howdy, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Jeffersonian Tradition. Before we get started, I have a couple of things to go over. For now, the podcast is mostly ad-free, and I sure would like to keep it that way. You can help me out with that by becoming a supporting listener. If you find value in the podcast, there's a link in the show notes page that will enable you to contribute to my work and to help keep the podcast going and keep it light on advertising. If you're not comfortable with a recurring contribution model, I've also set up a cash app profile for the show. And one-time contributions can be sent to the show's cash tag, which is dollar sign Mr. Jeffersonian. And all of this information will be listed in the show notes page as well. Any contribution amounts help and thank you in advance to anyone who chooses to pitch in. And for my supporters, I recently introduced an exclusive tier for y'all, and it's called Mr. Jeffersonian's Ward Republic. Perks of being a supporting listener currently include one video call with me and the other Ward Republic members each month, and up to 40 minutes each call. It's a great atmosphere, and we'd love to have you there. All you need to do to become a member of the Ward Republic is start contributing today at the $4.99 per month level through the Anchor link, or if you'd rather go through Cash App, then you can round it up to $5 per month. Um, essentially, as long as it comes out to $60 per year, you're, you're going to be covered. And speaking of groups, if you aren't on MeWe yet, then seriously, what are you waiting for? Unlike a certain other social media platform, MeWe respects the right to free speech and offers a privacy bill of rights. So if you'd like to be a member there, then download the MeWe app and search for me at the username Mr. Jeffersonian. And just for basic group level access, I'm always going to keep that free. So if you can't afford to contribute, that's perfectly fine. You can still come into the group, see what we're discussing over there. We'd love to have you. The show group is private, so we must be contacts before I can send you that group invite. And if you're not familiar with MeWe's platform, contacts are the same as being friends on Facebook. With all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's now turn our attention to the topic for today's episode. All right, it is good to be back, and today I'm going to give you all the rundown on how amazing it was to travel to and through the free state of Tennessee. Now, Thursday's episode for this week is going to be a Colorado voter guide since Election Day is coming up next Tuesday. And next week, we're going to pick back up on our study of the essays of Spencer Rowan, and we're primarily going to start with the Hamden letters. And for members of the Ward Republic, don't forget that our monthly meeting will be this upcoming Friday, October 29th, 2021 at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. And lastly, I do want to ask you guys for a favor. If you like the show, be sure to rate and subscribe on your platform of choice, but also please share it. Sharing will make sure that we are constantly gaining new ears for the topic of secession and decentralization. And recently, national divorce has been coming up on lots of mainstream platforms. You, you had Sarah Silverman. I think recently maybe it came up on Bill Maher. It's coming up on mainstream platforms. This is starting to be a mainstream topic. And what better show for secession-curious folks to learn more about it than the Jeffersonian tradition? So again, just please share it if you like the content. And obviously make sure that you have subscribe or excuse me, make sure that you subscribe and have notifications turned on so that you always are aware whenever I release a new episode. And without further ado, let's go ahead and reach in if we can on today's episode. All right. So y'all will recall from the Washington episode that the uh, air quotes fun started early on that trip. When we got to the Denver airport, I got into a shouting match with a guy about my choice to not wear a mask in the building and in light of the horrible experience we had trying to fly on that trip, we decided to drive to Tennessee. And let me just tell y'all, it, it truly was a night and day difference. So it was about 
a 20, roughly maybe 21 hour drive, uh, just because we had to stop a little bit longer at the gas stations to let, let our dogs use the bathroom and whatnot. But it was such a night and day difference. We drove through Kansas and Missouri on the first day, had no issues at all at the gas stations we stopped at along the way. So just real quick, um, something about me, I, I used to work in the financial industry and I saw a lot of fraud claims that would happen because of card skimmers and whatnot at gas stations. So I actually always go inside to prepay or I pay on my phone. Like if it's the shell gas stations that we stop at, or if it's shell gas stations that we stop at, I'll use shell pay. That way I get a discount, but I can also use Apple pay and protect my card number. So if I cannot do that though, I always go inside and prepay with a cashier because most gas stations do have Apple pay inside. So if, if y'all are concerned about something like that may honestly not be a bad security strategy to kind of take into account for and uh, start doing it that way because when you use Apple Pay or Android Pay, it's a tokenization feature, so the the merchant does not actually get your card information. So I, I've been doing that now for probably about three years, and I, I've never had an issue with any of my cards getting compromised. So just something to keep in mind there. But we had no issues at the gas station, so whenever I would go in and pay, nobody asked me to put on a mask. Nobody said anything untoward. Actually, along that route, none of the employees were wearing masks or anything. It was wonderful. And again, just totally different from the experience we had in Washington, where everywhere you went, if you went inside, everybody was just being rude and obnoxious about putting on a mask. And so this was just a, a definitely a breath of fresh air. Now, that first night, we actually stopped in Vandalia. Uh, Vandalia, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it's in Illinois. And I was honestly very concerned coming into Illinois that we would be faced with our first COVID crazies of, of the trip. But believe it or not, we got there and there were mask signs all over the hotel that we were staying at asking people to put masks on. But when I walked in to check in, the manager on duty was not wearing a mask. None of the employees were wearing a mask and none of the other guests in the lobby were, were wearing a mask either. And so that was also just a huge breath of fresh air. And I was happily proven wrong in my expectation of what, to, of what I thought Illinois would be. And then the next morning when we checked out of our hotel to hit the road again, there was a gas station like just right down the street from our hotel. So we went there. I went inside to do my prepay. The young lady working the counter that day, again, no mask on, and she could not have been any friendlier. So again... Very pleasantly surprised and just total, total night and day difference. Awesome, awesome experience there. Now, we reached Tennessee and we stopped for lunch at a Bojangles in Cookville. And if y'all have never had Bojangles, so for anybody who's more so out in my region of the country, so out here in the Rocky Mountain region, or really anybody who's even in like Texas, Louisiana, uh, maybe most of Mississippi, if you've never had Bojangles, oh my Lord, that is some of the best chicken you will ever eat in your life. And I was so happy to get to go back there for lunch. And uh, they had their lobby fully open. It's a fast food place. They had their lobby fully open. None of their employees were wearing masks or anything like that. So it was, it was awesome. And they actually were like, yeah, go ahead, take a seat anywhere you want. But obviously, because we had our dogs with us, we, we couldn't dine in. So what we did... I went in, placed the order. My wife stayed out with the dogs and, and walked them out in the restaurant's little grass area. And then uh, once the food came out, we we just put the dogs back in the car and then had a little picnic-style lunch. So it was awesome, awesome. Could not have asked for a better experience there. And it really did feel like 2019 again. 
But after lunch, it took us about four more hours to reach our B&B and just a humorous story about this place. So we found it on Airbnb. This was actually the first time we had ever booked on Airbnb. Normally, we like to use Hotels.com because of the loyalty program. And honestly, I I like hotels. Um, we know, I guess we, when we filter our hotel searches, we, we always look for ones that have like a kitchenette and whatnot. So I, it's not a big deal to me to have a cabin. Now, this time it was just because there were going to be so many of us. So it was me, my wife, my aunt, my uncle, and my mom and dad. So six of us. And so we, we booked this cabin on Airbnb. And it was uh, it's in Pigeon Forge, and it was built in 2019. And we booked this thing all the way back in March because we saw how busy that area could be this time of year when we went to Tennessee last year. And I'm honestly, I'm glad we did because the traveler density was even higher this year than it was last year while we were there. But anyway, we read a couple of reviews on this particular B&B just a couple of days before we hit the road. And a recent guest mentioned that the cabin is not level. Now, the owner is in a state of denial, so the owner posted an extremely salty response to this individual, basically telling him that he had no idea what he was talking about. And, well, the first night there, as we're all sitting around visiting, my wife brought this particular review up to everybody, and, and she asked everyone if anybody noticed the cabin being unlevel. Now, you'd have to know my uncle, but he is a world-class bullshitter, and he said, well, now that you mention it, I felt like I was kind of leaning back when I was trying to walk down the stairs. I think he was joking. Uh, he, he laughed after he said it, and I think he was joking, but I, you know, I said, well, I, you know, I don't notice anything with my naked eye, but you know what? We can actually test this out with one of the pool balls, so the, the place had a pool table downstairs, and my wife was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let, let's try it. So I went and got the cue ball and I came back upstairs. I went all the way over on the opposite side of the house. So like on the, on the front door, because it's, it's the back side where ultimately it was unlevel. But I went all the way over by the front door, sat the ball down and it rolled all the way to the opposite wall and came to a stop uh, along that wall. And I repeated this experiment three more times. The ball literally came to rest in the exact same spot all four times that I did this. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but dude, your cabin is not level. And I didn't notice the house like coming apart in, in the review. That guy actually said that it seemed that the house or the cabin was coming apart at the seams. I, I didn't see that extent, but I just thought it was humorous. He got that salty and then we got there and tested it out with the means that we had available and it, it's not level at all. So just a humorous story there. But now we'll move into the activities. So our first activity was a trip on the Redneck Comedy Bus Tour, which includes a complimentary moonshine tasting at Old Smokey's Distillery. And not a single person on that bus wore a mask. And everyone genuinely seemed to be having a great time. And I'm, I keep telling you all this. It seemed like 2019 again. It was fantastic in terms of the atmosphere. Now, one thing, though, that I found disappointing is that the guide brought up the War for Southern Independence and how Eastern Tennessee was a pro-Union stronghold, and it was West Tennessee that carried the state to secession. This came up because the town of Gatlinburg is actually named after a pro-Confederate businessman. I believe his name is Rayford Gatlin. And the townspeople actually hated him so much that they agreed to rename the town after him as long as he agreed to leave. And what bothered me about this is that the God seemed overly apologetic in trying to portray East Tennessee as the righteous part of the state. And to this point, I agree wholeheartedly with Brian McClanahan on this issue. The moment you start playing that game, you've already lost. Aside from that, though, the Redneck Comedy Bus was a fantastic excursion. It's very uh, family-friendly. 
So if you have kids if, and you're planning on going to Tennessee, I cannot recommend that trip highly enough. It, it was a lot of fun. Just be prepared, if, especially if you like the history of the war for Southern independence, just be prepared in case the God brings it up again. Now, our next activity was a ride on the Great Smoky Mountain Railroad in Bryson, North Carolina. And I was told on a phone call when booking this that masks would be required for indoor riders, but that people sitting on the open-air cars would be mask-free. So we booked the open-air car, obviously, and once we got on site, hardly anyone was wearing a mask in either type of car, which, you know, I was like, whatever, because the the outdoor car or the open-air car was nice. But that was awesome, seeing... uh, Regardless of what the depot tried to say, nobody was wearing the mask, even on the indoor cars. So it it was really nice seeing that. And again, this is something if you have kids, it's a fun trip. It's also very family oriented, but it is a very, very long trip. And in all honesty, I probably won't be doing it again, but it is something cool to say that you've done at least once. So it's a roughly two hour drive from Pigeon Forge to the train depot. And then the ride itself was four hours long, so we ended up having a minimum eight-hour day that day. We actually did a couple of things once we got back to the Pigeon Forge area, but just in terms of what we dedicated for the train, we had a roughly eight-hour day, so very long day. Uh, You know, if your kids travel well, probably something they would enjoy, but if they don't travel well, maybe something you you might want to skip. Now, the little town that the train stops at for the turnaround spot did not have much to offer, and if you do decide to take this trip then I strongly, strongly encourage y'all to stay away from Quirky Bird's Treehouse. That was a restaurant in the turnaround town, and it was insanely expensive. It took forever, and literally the only option for train riders were home-style sandwiches, so like literally just two pieces of bread and a couple of pieces of lunch meat or pre-made salad kits. And the sandwiches were $11 before tax, just to give you some idea of how expensive this place was. So I was pretty annoyed that 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 restaurant is where we ended up for lunch that day. Uh, but overall, the trip was was still a lot of fun. I would say if you wanted me to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. But again, I won't be doing it again just because it took up so much time. And then the next thing we did was a Cage Cove trip, and that was neat. But just to give you all some context on how many more people were there than this time last year, a park ranger actually told my uncle that normally this time of year, The park sees approximately 7 million visitors, but this year they've already seen over 16 million. And the park is somewhat small compared to Yellowstone and Rocky Mountain National Park, so if you've been to any of those big parks, just be prepared. It it is a little on the smaller side, but it's still got a lot of neat stuff in there, and it's got some very pretty scenery. And there are a few old churches, and the coolest part of the trip to me happened in the cemetery of the old Primitive Baptist Church inside Cage Cove. So they they have three churches that are probably all within a half mile of each other. There's a Methodist church, there's an old Primitive Baptist church, which is the one I'm about to talk about. And then the third one, um, I, I do apologize, I forget what type of church it was. I did not get out and actually explore that one. But anyway, in the cemetery of the old Primitive Baptist church, there was a grave for a Revolutionary War veteran who died in 1824. That's the first time I have personally ever seen a Revolutionary War grave, and, and that was really interesting to behold. And this guy served in the North Carolina State Militia, and just a few headstones down from him, there was another grave for a man who died in his mid-70s in 1864. Now, for this guy who died in 1864, his tombstone literally said his name and that he was, quote, murdered by North Carolina rebels, end quote. Now, I have no way of knowing if that's true, 
But again, his grave was only about three, maybe four away from the Revolutionary War veterans' grave. And that really made me ponder which side the Revolutionary War guy would have fought on if he had been around for the war for Southern independence. Now, I'll tell you this, since his service was to his state militia, something tells me he would have been on the side of the Confederacy. And all of this actually also made me more aware of the local area. There, there were almost no signs in that whole area that the Confederacy had ever existed. And it really is. I mean, it is so sad to me that significant pockets of the South now are just completely turning their backs on their political heritage and they're just buying part and parcel into the righteous cause mythology surrounding that war. And that really, it truly, it breaks my heart. But one other cool thing at Cage Cove, there was a, there was an old log cabin up there. And I think it was, I think it was called the Topton Place, if I'm remembering correctly. But big two-story log cabin. If if you go in there, you won't miss it. It's right off the, the road that goes through the park. But I went in there, and that was actually really cool as well. Uh, it was it was very creepy because it was very cold in there, and it was actually hot outside that day. So it was it, I think it was like seventy five degrees, but the sun was out, and outside it felt very warm. But when I got in there, it was it was, it was very cool. I would say probably upper fifties, and the house creaked a lot, uh, obviously because it's old. I don't know exactly when it was built, but it's well over a hundred years old at this point. And so that was that was an interesting experience. Uh, while I was in there, I, I walked up the stairs, and somebody came in downstairs. That actually kind of creeped me out even more because, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a chicken when it comes to haints and whatnot. But that that was an interesting experience. Uh, came down the stairs when I heard all that creaking around because I was trying to get out of Dodge. Saw the other person. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, we progressed on from there. But Cage Cove, lots of fun. Lots of fun. If you get a chance to go out there, definitely something worth doing. And then the last big excursion that we did was the Dixie Stampede, which unfortunately is no longer the Dixie Stampede, but instead it is now known as Dolly Stampede because obviously Dixie is racist. And I asked our server what she thought about the name change, and she actually made it known real quick that it would always be the Dixie Stampede to her. And I asked her what prompted the, the change of name, and I kid you not, she said that someone wrote something ugly on one of their bathroom stalls and that was used to point to the show itself being racist. Obviously, that's nonsense. That that was a. It's not a racist show. I I don't really know how to describe it without you being there. But it's not a racist show at all. But if you have kids, this one actually is a fantastic spectacle to take them to. So it has lots of incredible horsemanship and great showmanship, and it's styled as a North against South rivalry. And thankfully, the South won the night that we attended, which obviously made me happy. But at the end of the show, they had a huge, huge nationalistic display, and they asked everyone to stand up and cheer for America. And I got to be honest, I found this extremely, extremely cringeworthy, and I just couldn't help myself. I had to embarrass my wife. And instead of cheering for America, instead I stood up and I yelled out and hooted and hollered for the free state of Jefferson. And what I want conservatives to understand here. Secession is the only peaceful and feasible path forward for you. Be you a libertarian, be you a conservative, secession is the only peaceful path forward. If you submit to the unitary myth of Lincoln's America, your entire way of life is going to be swept away within 20 years because you are a federal minority now. That's just the cold hard truth. So start defending your local areas, defend your heritage, and stop apologizing. 
All right, and so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here for today. Um, we didn't really have anything eventful on the way home either, so that was that was awesome. And all in all, this was a much more enjoyable trip than our August trek to the People's Democratic Republic of Washington. And I promise y'all, it really did feel like it was 2019 again in Tennessee. So definitely something I'm going to be interested in going back to. And if y'all have any questions about any of the attractions or food in the Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge areas, please hit me up in our MeWe group or through the show's email. And thank y'all again for tuning in. And guys, please remember, if you find value in the podcast to consider contributing to the show, you can contribute on a recurring basis through the supporting listener link in the show notes page, or you can make a one-time contribution by using the show's cash app information, which is also included in that show notes page. Any contribution amounts help, and thank you again to everyone in advance who decides to do so. And also, please consider downloading the MeWe app and joining the show's private MeWe group so we can have more sane and rational discussion around historical and current political issues. And all right, with another episode in the books, thank you again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next time.